this is extremely exciting. We can have freedom because of the forgiveness of sin. Because sin creates fear. We just made a declaration when Irina was, was making this declaration here. Did you feel that breakthrough? Because we're sitting here, we're holding on things, and you know, when, when, when husband and, 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 and wife fight, we go back to Adam and Eve. It's always, but you did. You remember in the past, you did that. No, 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 but, but you did that. And we start shifting blame. But with the forgiveness of sin, those things that the devil come and say, do you remember 20 years ago, 30 years ago? What? What things? Do you realize that excitement? Because of the forgiveness of sin, we are free. I must actually ask Frank to shout again, freedom. Because God gave him that word that night at Com, but I, when, he, when he screamed freedom, I almost fell off my chair. But you know, that was so true. He awakened something in me, is that we must be excited to be free because sin cannot hold us down anymore because there's forgiveness by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is so exciting. But where's, where's Irina? Is she back yet? Just remember, she's, she's having a birthday tomorrow. She's turning 21. <laughs> so we must remember that. And then I just want to say thank you to you as a congregation for contributing and giving. And because of your contribution, um, Francois and Nadine started full-time on Friday. And that is exciting. So now he's going to start to work. <laughs> just teasing. I'm just teasing. What I want to focus on this morning is, you know, God said to us when, 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 when uh, Monet prayed, He wants to bring peace. Now, there's many ways we can think that God can bring peace in our lives. But you know, when, when, when we can become sinless, there must be peace. Does that make sense? Do you know that when you come before God and in the mornings I go and I say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Take it away from me. I start the day sinless. Do you realize that? I start the day free. But then we've got to really be serious about it. So I want to touch a little bit on on the forgiveness of sin this morning. And that is the, 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 the main theme of the Bible, actually. And we see in Genesis where Adam and Eve had the freedom of the garden and was in good fellowship with animals. And man, it was a good time. They didn't have to work. Who says amen to that? Yeah, they didn't have to work. God never made work for us. To bread and butter. We were supposed to. To pick our food off the, off the trees and eat it. And lie on the green grass and worship Him. And then He made women. And then everything. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I was that my foot ended. <laughs> so I'll, I'll watch F1 this afternoon with one eye. 
Ah, she says she forgives me. Okay, there, I've got two back. <laughs> no, but then sin came in. And as sin came in, we got separated. And we see those things and we realized that, that with Adam and Eve that sinned, for the first time we, we face sin and we see that they got separated from the glory of God. And everything after that, God tried to win our hearts back and win our hearts back and get us free from sin so that we can come back into His presence. And at last, when the prophets and everybody failed, nobody wanted to listen. He sent his son and he said, I'll prove to you how much I love you. I'll let my son die on the cross for your sins to set you free. That's the main theme of the Bible. And what was interesting is two weeks ago, you remember the service we had with all the, the testimonies? What is the thing that, that the theme that came through there? Everybody got breakthrough because of forgiveness. Because they forgave somebody. They got breakthrough in areas of their life. So I want to touch on those issues. So um, my goodness, it, it's, it's, it's a huge topic. So for the learned uh, that's sitting here, please, I might frustrate you. But we need to keep it simple. So I'm going to just run through a couple of things that I felt the Lord laid on my heart. You maybe do it better, but just be patient with me this morning. Um, I want to start reading the scripture. You know, reading the scripture is so amazing. When last have we as a church get together and read scripture together? Hey? How many times do we as a family need to sit down and read scripture together? Somebody came to me during the week. I can't remember who it is. I think it's Steve. He said, we need to sit and just read scripture together and hear what the Lord is saying. But I want to start with the scripture. Listen to this. Um, okay, don't put it up this for me. Uh, otherwise, you focus on what's standing there. Just listen. Maybe close your eyes. Maybe just close your eyes so that you don't get distracted. Just listen to this. Matthew 9 from verse 1. And getting into the boat, he crossed over and came to his own city, that's Jesus. Verse 2, and behold, some people brought to him a paralytic, laying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 3, and behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Verse 5. For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk. Verse 6. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Remember this part of the scripture. For the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He, he then said to the paralytic, rise up, take up your bed, and go home. Interesting. He asked them, what was easier? Now you can open your eyes just to make sure we're all awake. <laughs> he, he said to him that 
Guys, what is easier to do? To say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? I mean, if you said your sins are forgiven, uh, they wouldn't see anything happen. But he says, your sins are forgiven and they go, huh? How can you forgive sins? But then he said, I'll prove to you that I do have that authority. He says, rise up and walk. And the guy got up. Isn't that exciting? Now, close your eyes again. I'll wake you up as soon as I'm done. Luke 7, 36. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house. Now, I don't want to go through the whole thing. But, but in verse 40, and Jesus, and, 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 and there came this woman um, that, that was uh, doing the, the oldest profession in, in, in the world. And, and in verse 40, uh, that she came and washed Jesus' feet with her tears and, and wiped it with her hair. And Jesus answered and said to him, verse 40, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. He put his foot right into it. Verse 41, a certain homelander had two debtors. The owner, he owned 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Verse 43, Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged well. You've done it rightly. Verse 44, then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, now that he's got Simon's attention, he said, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in has no, not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with anointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. You. Verse 48. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. We see the two examples of Jesus forgiving sin on earth. But listen to this in Matthew 6, verse 14 to 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now you can open your eyes. That's a scary scripture. That scripture says, if we do not forgive one another, our Father will not forgive us. That's scary. That is scary to walk with unforgiven sin in our lives. Opens the door for the enemy to use that against us and nullify us. So here's a couple of things I just want to touch. There's two issues I want us to go through. So when we understand this a little bit better, I think we might understand what it means to forgive sin. So there's two issues. We're first going to look at sin and then we're going to look at forgiveness. And if we those topics, so now, you've, now you need to bear with me. 
We know that in the beginning in Genesis, it's the first time we, we encountered sin or we read about sin with Adam and Eve. Going against the instructions of God. Don't eat of that trees in the middle of the garden. And they went against it. So, how can we define sin? I thought about that. And I read a lot of very clever theologians, how they define it. And how they write against it. And, sorry, I'm just going to say it. God spoke, uh, speak to me when I'm in the shower. I don't know why. But lately, it's when I'm on the toilet as well. I, I receive all the blessings in the shower and all the rebukes on the... No, I'm just... Sin. And this is what the Lord said to me this morning. He said to me, sin is the things we do that carries the potential to separate us from the presence of God and man. That's interesting. And you see, I'm going to try and keep it simple. Because I, I can't preach there. I don't have, but I, I just can't. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand, Lord, what are you saying? And when I look at the word sin, it grows like this monster. And I say, what is it? But when I look at, 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 at what it says in certain translations, it said, sin is the transgression of the law of God and rebellion against God. That's a mouthful. What's this one? It says here, I'll get it now. I'll get it now. It's going against the will of God. It's going against the will of God. It's, if those who have done um, foundations, but the, missing the mark. When we miss the mark, when Jesus say, I want you to shoot in this bull and you miss the mark. What happens when you miss the mark? You start to fear. Then you start looking at, what, if you're with a rifle, what's the first thing we do if you miss the mark? There's something wrong with a rifle. I, I, I listened. I, I, Andrew, Sally, uh, um, that leads Josh Jen, said this. He says, he got this beautiful rifle, and he hates rifles that can't shoot straight. And I thought by myself when he said that, you know, it's not always the rifle. It's the guy behind the rifle. But, but when we miss the mark, there's, there's certain things that we make mistakes. If, if you make a mistake on 50 meters, a one millimeter mistake miss. The target, not the bull, the whole target. So you've got to be so precise from where you come. So is it difficult to hit the target? No, it's not difficult to hit the target. I didn't plan this. I think I've done this with you. Everybody your right thumb with your right hand. Pull it out. Okay. Now, for those who are right-handed, close your left eye. Because I see certain of us shoot with the left eye and he's right-handed. Okay? So if you're right-handed, close your left eye and vice versa for the left-hand guys. Now, aim 
to my forehead. I know you're not good. You can't shoot well, so I'm, I'm not scared. <laughs> okay, now. <laughs> now, put the tip of your thumb right between my eyes. Put it right here. Okay, I'm standing still. Now, just put it there. Where are you focusing at the moment? On my forehead. Who is focusing on the tip of your finger? I thought so. Okay. Now keep it there. Now put, put, put the tip of your finger right on my forehead. Now change the focus while you're doing that to the tip of your finger. Let you see your finger clearly and not my head. Now you put a clear finger in the middle of a blurred target. That was a good lesson, eh? Okay, you can put your hands down. I've just given you one of the most important lessons in shooting. Do not focus on the target if you want to hit the bull. Focus on the sight. Now, normally sights got a hollow point at the top because if it's just flat, you can't see a straight line. But when it's hollow and we black it with a, with, a, with, a, with a candle, blacken it out, then you can see a very clear sight. And you put a very clear sight in the middle of a blurred target, and I guarantee you, you will hit the bull every time. So what do we do when we hunt? We look at the buck, and we want to see where we want to hit the buck. And how many of us hit the buck every time there? No, it's because we're focusing on the buck and not on the cross. When you bring your focus back, you'll see, oh my goodness, it's not where it's supposed to be. The same with sin. When we hit the mark, where should we focus? Not on the gun, not on the target. We should focus on our lives. Focus on me. Lord, why am I missing this thing? I start with me. Do I see the, the sight clearly? And if I can see the sight clearly, it guarantees me, wherever the blurred target is, I can hit the middle. Does that make sense? Now, I didn't prepare that. That was for free. Now, let's get back to my notes. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Miss, missing the mark, sinning, one consequence is we, we, we are separated from the glory of God. Does that make sense? We, we miss the target. And then we get fearful and we look for the answers on, two, on, on different places. But I'm going to jump and run. There's two areas of sin. Listen very carefully. There's two areas of sin. There's sin against God and there's sin against man. Does that make sense? There's sin against God and there's sin against man. This I also didn't prepare, but I want to ask you the question. What do you think is the biggest sin? Sin against God or sin against man? Before you answer me, I'm going to ask you another question. 
What is the biggest sin? Stealing a chocolate or murdering somebody? Don't answer me because you're going to put your foot in it. Sin is sin. So there's no level of sin, but there's areas of sin. There's types of sin. Let's rather get to that before I confuse you further. So there's two areas of sin. Sin against God, sin against man. But there's types of sin. There's forgivable sin and there's unforgivable sin. Okay, I'll give you a minute so you just sink in. There's forgivable sin and there's unforgivable sin. Now we start sweating. <laughs> Mark 3, 28. We can put that up. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven. The children of man and whatever blasphemies they utter, whatever they say against God. It says all sins will be forgiven. There's one sin that will not be forgiven. Let's read about it. Let's look at forgivable sin. What is forgivable sin? If you've done foundations, I'm not going to use the big words, but you, you can sin unknowingly that you're sinning. Okay? You walk on the street and there's, no, there's a beautiful garden and there's beautiful flowers there and there's no fence and you just walk there and you look at the flowers and yes, this is nice. Look at the house. Everything is locked up, so you just take a little flower. I want to give it to my wife, and the owner comes out with a shotgun. I said, sorry, sorry, sorry. He said, that's mine. He said, sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know that, that, that this was forbidden. You sinned unknowingly. So when we separated from God, I'm just going to give some more in, uh, uh, substance. When we separated from God, it happens that we not always know what is the rules? What is the guidelines God is giving us? So sometimes we sin unknowingly. We don't know that we're sinning. Now that's an easy one to forgive, isn't that? Then the second one is unintentional sin. Is we, we, we sin, but because of our circumstances, it's unintentional. We don't mean to sin, but it just happened. Okay? <laughs> Last Saturday, we had a funeral here. And uh, it was a very uh, emotional time. But one of the guys walked in here with a beer. And he had his beer, and he, when he emptied it, he put the bottle down there, and he came and he said, right in front here. Now, maybe that was sitting unintentionally. He didn't know because he was well sozzled. Okay? But maybe he knew it's not good to, uh, to drink in a place of God and be sozzled because you can be a stumbling block. He didn't know that. So maybe you heard it, but it was unintentional. He, he was so emotional that he he really tried to, to cope with his emotions. Is that forgivable? Of course it's easy. 
But then there's the intentional sin. That's when you know you're wrong. You know it's what God doesn't want you to do that. And you still decide to do it. That's stubbornness. But that's still forgivable. Do you know that? That's still forgivable. So if you do things that you know the Bible says it's not right to do it. But you still do it. Because you're stubborn and you want to prove a point. It's still forgivable if you ask forgiveness. But here I want to drop the bomb. The unforgivable sin is when we sin against the Holy Spirit. If we sin against the Holy Spirit. Mark 3.28 Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven. We read it. 29, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of eternal sin. That is so scary. Because how many people might walk in here and say, why is that stupid pastor doing that or allowing that in church? Be careful. I can not say for all churches, but for this congregation, I can tell you this with absolute confidence. Whatever we do here, it's always our heart to follow the Holy Spirit. And do we make mistakes? Of course. Can I sometimes, we as leadership, not hear the Holy Spirit? Yes, of course. But when it's intentional, and we come in here and we... we, we we, we see God doing certain things through the Holy Spirit. And we rebuke that. We're in trouble because that's an unforgivable sin. I don't want to linger too long on it. What are the consequences of sin quickly? Sin against God. What is the consequences there? Eternal death. No eternal life. Separated from the glory of God. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. And no use of God while you're on this earth. That's the consequences of sin against God. Okay? What is the consequences of sin against man? You put other people in bondage. Secondly, you put yourself in bondage. You just nullify yourself. And, and that person. And I don't want to actually... This might take too long. But you can go and read Exodus 20 from verse 1 to verse 17. The Ten Commandments God gave to Moses. He said, Moses, those stubborn people, give them some glasses so that whenever they look at situations, I want them to, to, to measure it to these things. I don't want you to do this. And he says there a couple of things. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. Go and read it yourself. Exodus 20, from verse 1 to 17. Practically, what does sin look like in the Bible? The Bible, and you know that it's not our opinion as elders, what I'm sharing with you. The Word. What, what did Jesus do when he was tempted in the desert? He didn't say, I've got all the authority that the Father gave me. You just shut up. I rebuke you. Get out of my life. Did he do that? No, he didn't. 
He said, it is written. It is written. He quoted scripture. So what we do here and about sin and forgiveness is what the Bible says. Practically, what is it? Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, all things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's very clear in the Bible certain things that stand out as sin. What is the opposite of sin? What do you get when, there's, when, when sin, when people are forgiven? What do you get? Now, listen very carefully what I'm saying now. What do we get where sin are forgiven. When people come before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Then we get the following. You can see there. Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires. So if you want to see practically what sin is like, go and look at those scriptures. And if we want to see where sin is being contained and forgiven, then this fruit of the Spirit is evident. And I must compliment you guys as a church, for us as a church. Because when new people come into the church, the thing they say is the first time we've experienced so much love. What does that say? You, we love well, eh? I like you. No, man, it's got nothing to do with that. When I come in here and my sins are forgiven, I can really forgive you, your sins. And then I can love. Does that make sense? So what does it actually say? Sin pushes down love. The more we allow God to work with sin in our life, the more we can love. Why? Because of His love for us. His Son died on the cross. And because of His love, His blood was shed. And spilled for us for the forgiveness of sins. So because he loved us, our sins can be forgiven when we accept Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? If you believe that, then it shouldn't be difficult to love one another. But it is quite difficult. But the Lord says, if you love one another, the easiest thing to do. Is to forgive. But if we don't want to forgive. Or we struggle with forgiveness. It means we do not love. It's a good chance. Because that's the one that block. Okay. That's about sin. Did you, did you get that one? 
Okay? It's anything we can do that potentially can separate us from God or man. All right. Now, here we go to forgiveness. What is the biblical definition of forgiveness? A promise not to keep sins against someone. A promise not to keep sins against someone. The clever people say, a conscience, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or a group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Yes, they can't be more biblical. Huh? It's an it's a absolute decision that we make to not hold sin against somebody. Husband and wife, let's just use that example. When you get furious with your wife or your husband or with somebody else, what happens? The first thing, your temperature goes up, your heartbeat goes up, and your brain stops. Because then you don't think. Is that biblical? Yes! But what do we use then when we fired up like that? Our brains. And I just told you, when you get furious, your blood stops flowing, or the blood flow pumps up, there's more pressure, so there's more oxygen in your brain, but the brain shuts down. It's a biblical thing, because you're not supposed to use your brain when you're in a fight. You must make a 12-inch shift. You must use the spirit in you. You must use your heart. Does that make sense? I didn't prepare that. That's also for free. It is so important that we don't use this thing called your brain. Because the function of the brain is to control the body. Not to make spiritual decisions. Does that make sense? Now it gets heavy. So how do we make spiritual decisions? What did Jesus say to the guys? I only do what I see my father do. Does that make sense? I look up at my father and what my father is doing, Jesus did. So how should we make decisions? Close our eyes and we ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to clap this person. But I know that's wrong. How should I respond here? And then the scripture says, you must give the other cheek. You can hoi it. That was good. Let's try this one. Even if that person don't deserve it, we should forgive. Because the consequences of forgiveness is immensely scary. So who can forgive? Who can forgive? Isaiah 4, 43, 25. I, this is God speaking. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. So it's very clear that God the Father is the one that can forgive sin. Okay, theologians, 
If you feel I'm going to say something that's going to go, you skewed and close your eyes. God the Father is the one that forgives sin. You agree with me? That was not difficult. Okay. <laughs> when Jesus was sent to earth, what did the Father do? He gave him all authority. Actually, Jesus had all authority in the beginning because everything was created through him and for him. But that he was given authority to forgive sin on earth. The only human being that got authority from the Father to forgive sin on earth. Surprise, surprise. No human, now you've got to listen very carefully. No human being on this earth has ever got the authority to forgive sins. And I ask your forgiveness before I'm going to say this. If you sat there behind a little boxy and, and kukulur through a window here, sorry, with all respect, and you, you've, you've, you've confessed your sins and the person inside the box said, it's forgiven. Oh, my goodness. How can you be so dumb and still breathe? We cannot do that. Because no authority has ever been given to a human being to forgive sin against God. Never. The only human being on this earth that were given that authority was Jesus Christ. And then he proved it. He died on the cross to prove to us, our Father, and I love you so much that I will die for your sins, for the forgiveness of your sins. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That was the turning point of everything. 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. Now I've got to quickly do it. Where's Jesus now? He's at the Father in heaven. What is he doing there? He's interceding for us. What does interceding mean? He's asking, Father, forgive them. Father, help them. He's praying for us. He's standing in the gap for us. Because the Father is the one that can forgive. Jesus is back with the Father. And he says, Father, I want to intercede. Although Jesus can forgive, he's interceding for us at the Father. Say, don't hold it against them. What did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He started interceding while he was here. Romans 8.34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Hebrews 7.25. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near. To God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. That's sin against God. So only the Father and Jesus can forgive sins against God. No human being. Now who can, who can 
Who can forgive sin against man? Quickly. We have been given that authority. I'm going to go through quickly. Mark 11, 25. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And then in the prayer that Jesus prayed, and we see also in, in, in Matthew 6, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Verse 14 of, of Matthew 6. And if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Mark 6, verse 15. But if you do not forgive others your trespasses, their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Luke 17, 3. Pay attention to yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. You catch this? If he repents, forgive him. Verse 4. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3.13. Bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So that also, that you also must forgive. Then Peter came in, in, in Matthew uh, 18, 21. He said, Lord, how many, if, if a guy comes to me, and he, uh, how many times a day must I forgive him? Seven times? And then Jesus, no, 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 no. Seventy times seven. So we must forgive. So... How do, we, how do we qualify to forgive? How, how, how do we qualify that God will forgive us? Or how does a person qualify to get our forgiveness? Same. Same pattern. Confess. Bring it into the light. And then repent. It's two different things. What's the difference between the two? Confesses, talk about it. Repent is doing the opposite. Repent means 180 degrees. So when I come to you, say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I clapped you. And tomorrow I come and clap him again. Did I repent? No, I just confessed. It's this, if a guy comes to you seven times a day and says, sorry, I clapped you seven times, you have to forgive him when he repents. How does that work? He asks forgiveness, he confesses, but he's still doing it. Is that repentance? Not really. Repentance means you turn your back on it and you don't do it again. The Bible says when somebody repents, you have to forgive them. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Repent, Acts 2, 38. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Turn your back on sin. Turn your back on sin. 
This is a statement somebody made that's so scary. All unforgiven sin will be revealed and have its full impact on judgment day. Shoo! Don't worry. We'll be in time. I trust. I'm finished. All unforgiven sin will have its full impact on judgment day. If we come on judgment day, yes, I lived a good life. I can't remember about anything. Lord, I've done all these great things. And Lord said, but you didn't forgive your wife. You didn't forgive your children. You, you didn't forgive Emsley. That, that is hard. Do you want to have freedom? Do you want to have peace? That it go beyond all understanding? Peace. My goodness. Will said when he, he, he was actually dead on, on the operation table the once. He said he, he sat on a, on a chair and he didn't see anything around him. But the peace he felt was unexplainable. Just that peace. You can sit in the... In, in eternity, in the presence of God, and just have peace. So lucky to have peace and not worry about anything. Do you want to do something about that? Start forgiving. 